Hello and welcome to CX Today. My name is Charlie and today I am joined by two great guests to discuss the topic of how to recession-proof the contact centre. Uh, first up, we have Kurt Dahlstrand, who is Director of Technical Sales and Services at Hammer. Kurt, thanks for joining us. How are you doing today? Doing great. Thanks for having me, Charlie. Well, it's, yeah, it's great to have you, as it is uh, great to have our second guest, uh, who is Jim Cantwell, um, who is Vice President of Sales Engineering at Hammer. Um, Jim, I'll ask you the same question. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. It's a beautiful day. It's uh, Tuesday, getting close to the holiday time, so I'm doing wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. It's a wonderful time of the year um, as well, but it's maybe uh, not a not-so-wonderful topic that we're going to be um, discussing today, and that's obviously with the looming uh, recession. We're going to be talking about recession-proofing the contact center. Um, so obviously you both kind of, you both and Hammer came to us and like, we really want to discuss this topic. We think it's going to be very, uh, very important for the year ahead. Um, could you maybe tell us why you believe it? it is perhaps one of the most important topics for contact centers to consider right now? Yeah, I think just um, it's, it's a, we're, we're approaching a potentially tur turbulent time and it's an opportunity to really try to educate customers on, on what we're seeing in the industry, what, uh, what we see works, what we see doesn't work, and you know, hopefully they can, they can uh, be a little more prepared as, as they go into a, a turbulent time. Hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, one, one thing that I see as well is e even though you know, there might be an economic downturn coming, customers still don't have any, you know, they don't let down their expectations on what they're supposed to be getting in the way of services. So while vendors and companies are trying to save money and cutting costs and, you know, potentially removing headcount and technology, customers still expect a high experience, a good customer experience. So it becomes even more importantly, to, more important to be able to optimize what you do have and get the most value out of what you have in place today. Absolutely. I think, yeah, some very important uh, points there, which kind of um, illuminate why this is such a uh, significant topic. And I believe that you've uh, both kind of come up uh, with six uh, ideas uh, to help um, contact centers navigate this uh, really tricky um, economic environment. Uh, and the first of those uh, is to have a plan. Who wants to uh, talk us through this one? I'll go first. Um, yeah, really having a plan means, you know, what you plan on doing, how you're going to be able to take your organization, your contact center through this, through these turbulent times, what you're going to be performing, how you're going to optimize what you have in place today, still being able to retain that high level of customer experience with, of course, um, reduced funds potentially being available to it. Um, there's been some studies. Uh, I think uh, we had one from 2009, which was really the last major economic downturn, where they proved that you know customers or companies that took care of their customers during these times came out of the recession much faster than their competitors did in much better positioning. Absolutely, I think that's yeah. I mean, that's a pretty compelling argument. Kind of want to move on now to uh, the next uh, the next topic, which you've picked out, and that is to identify areas. Uh, where you can increase operating efficiencies. Uh, could one of you maybe yeah, talk I, us through I, this I one? think from this this standpoint, from my perspective, I mean, it's it's a great opportunity to sort of take a look in the mirror, um, perform a, an internal audit, if you will, you know, kind of looking at what, what worked really well, um, maybe what didn't, where you've got bigger problems. And, and I think a, a big part of that, and certainly we see this, in the industry we're in, in terms of customer experience testing is 
having measurements and, and metrics that you can look at. And so whether those are higher level measurements and metrics, you know, more uh, service level, uh, productivity, attrition, um, I think I think those are really key, kind of going back to the planning piece, ensuring you, you have those in, in place. But I'd say probably the, the biggest thing um, that, that we see is really this idea of, of automation. I think automation is really a, a huge efficiency um, lever that, that organizations can, can leverage, not only from the, the nature of customer journeys, but also from the perspective of testing. You know, we see this day in and day out where organizations are, are, are really, really just leveraging their, their testing staff from a, from a manual testing standpoint. And there's so much more efficiency that can be gained from a, a, a test automation perspective. Yeah, absolutely. And on that theme of uh, test automation, I think that's a nice bridge actually um, to our third, uh, third topic, which uh, we've picked out, which is to isolate gaps um, in the customer journey. And then of course, uh, fix, fix them. Who wants to uh, talk us through that one? I'll take a take a first pass at it. Um, as Kurt mentioned, our business is around automation and performance testing, et cetera. And you would be amazed how many big companies that think they have a pretty mature testing methodology and process in place today, when they bring us in to do it. I mean, that's you know we're, we're the experts. We we do this day in day out. But you would be you'd be surprised. You'd be shocked to find out that how many times. As an example, we have a, you know, we did a testing for a customer a couple of nights ago where they were expecting to be able to deliver 4,000 concurrent customer calls coming in. When they hit 249, the uh, SBC stopped processing because they had a licensing issue. So when they have all these, you know, autom or manual testing processes, they don't necessarily have the capacity to go up to scale. And that's really where you find out where the where the breakage points are going to be when you start loading up your contact center to where it needs to be at. But we, we find these things day in, day out where the customer thinks, oh, I'm fine. I don't really need to do testing. Somebody in the business forces them to do it. Uh, then they come to find out that, well, guess what? Good thing I did do this. Otherwise, I would have had a, you know, whether it be a retail where you got Black Friday or Cyber Monday or whether it be a uh, – a health insurance company where you've got open enrollment when the customers really need to system the most without a proper automated testing methodology and process process in place they're going to find things they're not expecting when they do go live mm. yeah absolutely i think what's it's also uh, really interesting there is while a company may expect one of its systems to work properly that maybe their vendor tells them it's around the kind of the integrations between the systems as well which a lot of these journeys actually fail so having that full kind of end-to-end -end, uh, testing capability that you were, you were suggesting there, Jim, I think, yeah, it's becoming more and more um, important. But then I'm uh, moving on to the next topic now, and that's obviously building um, a business case um, for technology um, investments like those testing tools that you were um, discussing. How can contact centers maybe do that now? Maybe their businesses are more hesitant to spend during this recession period. Yeah, I, I think it's, you know, it's, it's interesting when you, when you talk about making a business case for technology spend in a recession, um, you know, for some businesses, this, this is actually an opportunity, um, you know, whether, whether it's new products, um, different pricing models, at the end of the day, there, there's certainly opportunity for, for, for some organizations. Um, and, and I think, 
even if maybe the the business itself isn't growing, there there may be opportunities. Kind of going back to the efficiency side of things, there may be more opportunities to to provide more efficiency, and and whether that's um, you know perhaps increasing containment or um, you know doing interacting a different way, in implementing something like automated callbacks. You know, I think there there are opportunities for organizations to bring in new technology. Um, we're obviously seeing in the industry a, a, a huge shift with um, CCAS, a lot, of, a lot of different, in fact, Charlie, we, we were just talking about this prior to, to starting here, just so many um, new players in the industry from a technology standpoint, which, which is great for uh, businesses, great for consumers. I think the challenge is just trying to find the opportunity of where and how you can introduce some of those things. So uh, whether it's conversational IVR, maybe just starting small with that, starting with a, a new line of business or a new product offering. But I think what's critical with technology investment is ensuring that you do have a, a test plan um, in place. That's really going to be the assurance to ensure that, uh, that the ROI of that new technology investment is met. Yeah, I think you raise a good point in terms of that, you know, technology is going to unlock a lot of the uh, savings that businesses will make in uh, in these times. And it goes back to a point that you made earlier as well of kind of the rise of automation helping to cut costs um, too. So maybe the business case will have to revolve slightly more um, around the kind of figures of ROI um, and really help to and yeah, really focus in on those. I think, yeah, I think this is, this is an, it's an interesting uh, topic to consider, um, especially in these times. Um, but also, you, you think about the recession-proof contact center, maybe they want to speed up the investments that they've already made. Um, I think that's, that was, that's the next trend on our list. I think that would be a key topic. Um, could either of you maybe talk me through that one? Sure, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll start and Kurt wants to add. So, you know, what we're finding, as you mentioned, you know, people are moving to the cloud, going to these CCAS providers. And quite often they think from an overall perspective, well, hey, now I've got a cloud provider. They're providing all the infrastructure, et cetera. The reality is the the same company, they still have to kind of own the entire customer experience, right? Because these CCAS providers have a limited set that the traffic comes in, the traffic leaves their network, and that's kind of their domain. But the overall customer experience is still owned by the company, right? They still have to make sure that they, uh, the customers are getting the services that they need, getting the level that they're expecting. Uh, what we find quite often is, you know, when you have these project overruns because it takes too long to get it deployed, uh, CCAS providers obviously help that using their technology, but still the experience has to be tested from an end-to-end -end perspective, which is the responsibility of the company. Uh, and then if you could do this testing up front, finding problems in a, pre-production environment is probably 10 to 12 times less expensive than finding it when you, once you go into production. So making sure they've got good test coverage, that you've got uh, good automation practices in place will save you a lot of money and save that customer experience from degrading uh, when you move to this new technology. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that testing environment, as you said, I mean, it can be so, uh, it can be such a good platform for innovation um in terms of as well and you're not just putting things and seeing if they fail and then optimizing afterwards and constantly testing afterwards it's yeah it's having that environment is um seems yeah it seems like a massive cx win um and then i kind of quickly want to kind of close off on our sixth uh sixth topic for those uh companies looking to recession proof 
um, their contact center, which is making sure the disaster recovery and business continuity plan um, is watertight. Uh, yeah, I don't know if either of you could talk us through that one. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd be happy to, to talk through that. I mean, so it's interesting uh, having been in the industry for, for 20 years or so now, um, um, amongst just the changes we've seen in the technology, I think we've seen changes in terms of um, the preparedness for, for companies when it comes to disaster recovery disaster recovery, uh, business continuity planning. There's certain industries that we tend to see have more, I'd say, seasonality. You know, Jim kind of talked about that a little bit before. Um, retail in terms of holiday um, season, they've got a, a significant uptake. Um, here in the U.S. with the health healthcare industry, we have something called open enrollment. We see lots of uh, traffic. Folks need to sign up for their health insurance in the energy utility sector. The, these industries are are tending to do a lot of this. You could call it um, ready season, busy season, but this this um, capacity load testing that they're doing in preparation for this known um, time period when they're going to have a lot of customer traffic. We're we're, we're tending to see that more um, in the industry, and is frankly a, a, a great practice. Um, I mean, I think this the the whole notion of um, disaster recovery, business continuity planning. We've seen this occasionally just in the industry. I think um, a, a good example I always like to point back to is uh, so many companies are are responsible or so many companies today, their customers, their front door really is their website. And so um, the, the thinking is, well, if, if my web, website is reliable and working, then you know everything's fine. But what happens if the website goes down? If, if you haven't actually prepared and, and done load testing with your contact center, you are going to get a, a real production load test by your customers. And oftentimes um, in those situations, if the contact center has not actually been load tested, and I'm, I'm, I'm not just talking about voice here, voice, chat, um, really all the digital channels, that hasn't been tested at scale. It's a real risk for the business because if that contact center can't withstand that load and it goes down, your customers literally have no way to get a hold of you um, and, and do business with you. And that's, and that's a huge risk uh, when we talk about uh, business continuity planning. Yeah, absolutely. I think it, it's an interesting topic as well because a lot of businesses got caught out in the pandemic with exactly that. They hadn't load tested and then that became a huge problem. And then Black Friday, I think I heard saw a couple of stories um, like that too, as well, where kind of contact centers experienced the load which they hadn't, um, hadn't had to deal with. So it's yeah, it's 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 a really fascinating topic, and I think yeah, a very important one for contact centers who are desperate to kind of recession proof um, their contact center, uh, their operations this year. Um, yeah, so I think I think six really great points there, and I hope six great uh, takeaways uh, for our audience. But I think that's probably a great place to end uh, today's chat. But thank you very much for joining me both. Thanks for the time, Charlie. Appreciate it. Great. Yeah. Thank you, Charlie. Appreciate it. Excellent. And also thank you for everybody uh, for watching. Bye for now.